podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. If you can cast your minds back, just uh, seven days, um, back to last Sunday, um, I know that can be quite difficult. I, I struggle to, you know, you know, on a on a Monday particularly, to think about what may have happened over the weekend. <laughs> no idea. On a Friday, ask me what I did on a Thursday. Not a chance. So I know I'm asking a lot. I'm asking a lot. I appreciate that. But if we cast our minds back to uh, to last week, you remember we looked at John chapter 15, um, and we saw where Jesus told his disciples he's telling you and me if we know and love the Lord Jesus Christ if we've asked him into our hearts as our own personal savior he's saying to us that what I want you to do is to remain in me he's saying that he's the vine and then of of that we are then the branches and we have to remain in the vine if we want to bear fruit if we want to bear much fruit and at the end of last week's talk I showed you this branch that I plucked from a a tree just outside now seven days have passed um, and it it feels a lot more woody than it did last week Um, in fact the can you it's looking pretty desperate isn't it I mean the inevitable was always going to happen wasn't it we, we all deduced that. It didn't take much to work that out, did it? That unfortunately, the lifespan of this branch, once it's been taken from its source of nutrients and life, it's not going to last long. And that's the case. You know, it's, it's become a little bit crispier and a little bit disappointing. And, and now we can see that, well, it doesn't matter how much effort I now put into that. It doesn't matter um, what I try and do with this branch. At this point, it's good for one thing and for one thing only. It's never going to be green again. It's not going to bear any fruit if it was a fruit tree branch. Um, but, but at this point, it's pretty useless. And it looks really sad, doesn't it? I mean, we're, we're in a beautiful time of year where the trees are turning. The leaves at the moment are absolutely stunning and they're only going to get better over the next uh, few weeks before they eventually disappear um, and we wait for the, for the spring to arrive with expectation and anticipation that spring is just around the corner. But nevertheless, as we think on what we saw last week, there's a responsibility, there's a, there's a requirement for us as Christians to remain in him because if we don't, well, then we see the inevitable. There's only so long also then for you and me that if we detach ourselves from the vine, even in a subconscious manner, it's not an intentional move all the time, is it? We don't intentionally step away, but sometimes in our own walk, in our own life, we can find ourselves drifting And then it's only a matter of time before we can't fool people anymore, where people can see that something isn't right. People can see that everything's not as rosy as we're trying to make out it is. Actually, they can see that the leaves are starting to crisp up a little bit and the the luster that was there has definitely faded. 
and we find ourselves in a position where we think perhaps we're still fooling people. But, but might I add in that point, at no point have we ever fooled God. At no point can we fool God as to where we are with our position before him. And we make the decisions then in the moment, maybe the heat of the moment, again, not always in a conscious way, but we say, well, I haven't got time to go to church. And, and we've got an excuse at this point, haven't we? And, and we've also got a good reason in some cases, but there is no reason to not spend time with the Lord, is there? And, and these are the things, there's a fine balance, isn't there? You know, have I got time to spend with the Lord? Oh, well, everything could say, well, I don't have to. Uh, well, think of the moments that we're in. But if we're pulling away, if we're just not spending that time, maybe we're not uh, watching online, maybe we're not uh, coming along to church, maybe we, you know, just reading our Bible's hard work at the minute, for whatever reason, I keep starting in numbers, um, and, and I get to the end of chapter one, and I'm struggling it's, it's about a mindset, isn't it? You know, a great place to start always, if you want to be upbeat and know, right, okay, Lord, this is where I want to go. Just start with John 3.16 before you go anywhere. Then you know that God loves you and we can start to, to find a road as to where he wants us to go. But then, you know, I, I guess if I'm, if I'm struggling to read the word, then it's really difficult to keep in a relationship so I don't really want to pray because if I talk to him, I might realize that actually my heart's not where it should be. So I try not to talk to him. You know that in our relationships, don't you? Between ourselves, things aren't quite right. Then the best thing to do, well, I'll just avoid him for a bit till I've calmed down. <laughs> Is that just me? Wow. I, I almost felt a bit of judgment then. <laughs> and and, and we, we, we stop trying to communicate. We stop trying to have that relationship and I guess then the realization hits that well if I think about it I've got a bit of a choice to make and I wonder if you've ever been in a position where you've got this choice to make I've got a choice to make do I carry on down this route of what seems to be destruction or do I make a u-turn and do I do something about it? There's a really great parable that the Lord told in Luke chapter 15. Um, Kev touched on it a few weeks ago, actually, in a, in a break in a bread service. And it's the parable of the prodigal son, the parable of the lost son, as it says in the new NIV. But nevertheless, Jesus tells an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And this morning, it makes absolute sense for us, or this afternoon, this evening, <laughs> makes absolute sense for us that as we look into the word, that we say, well, the word works together. There, there, there isn't separation. Rather, the word works together in order for us to see the full picture of who God is, the full picture of what Jesus has done for us. We can't isolate, we can't try to separate, rather we take the whole word as the word and we see what the Lord's trying to say to us. And I mentioned last week that it's a love story. That's exactly what it is. And today then, we see in Luke chapter 15, um, this 
earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Let me read it to you from verse 11. It'll be on your screen. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. He got together all he had and he set off for a distant country. And there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. If you're a highlighter or an underliner, that's the one. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick. Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Jesus here is telling this earthly story, but it has an absolute heavenly meaning. Um, a, a younger, The youngest son decides... Well, he's going to take everything that he has and he's going to crack on and live how he wants to live. He is going to take all that he has got, all that he has got, all that he has got. And he is going to go and live how he wants to live. Might I just add in this moment that why had he got what he'd got? Well, the father had given it to him, hadn't he? Easy to miss that, isn't it? He took all that he had got. He'd forgotten the source. He took everything that he had got and he went off and he lived how he wanted to live. And it wasn't long, was it? In fact, just a verse. It wasn't long before he realized that actually, I haven't got anything. In fact, it didn't take long before the leaves to go a little bit crispy and for the twig to feel like a twig and for everything to start to drop to pieces around him. And he started to realize really quick that actually I'm in a bit of a mess here. I've taken myself off to a point where now I am in desperate need. I've realized that I have taken myself off from the source. Now, what do I do? On there is a decision to be made for this lad. 
And he's in the same position that perhaps we can find ourselves in even today. We're in a position where we have, where he has a decision to make. What's he going to do? Naturally, in our own self, and perhaps you're different to me, but my own self often says to me, I have got this. I can turn this around. I'm going to make this happen. And in our own self, we can find pride and stubbornness. And we can dig in our heels and say, no, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep doing and I'll be all right. Yet by the grace of God, this young man realizes that he is in a position where he cannot help himself. He is in a position where he is in desperate need of the source of his life. The question is, I guess, for you today, is have you run far enough? How far is far enough? How far is far enough before we're willing to open up our eyes and see the position that we're in? And this young man realizes that now is the time. He longed, the word says, to fill his stomach with what the pigs were eating. He just longed for somebody to listen to him. He just longed for somebody to care. He just longed to be in a place where he knew he was loved. These are the things that we can so often long for, aren't they? Yet the argument is always, didn't you run away from that? Wasn't that the thing you were trying to get away from? And the man, the young man here, makes a decision. And the words that he says, the realization and the position of his heart, says, I will set out, verse 18, I will set out and go back to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I deserve to be in a good position. Father, I deserve for everything to be going right for me. I've worked hard. Why isn't everything perfect? Oh no, sorry, it doesn't say that. I beg your pardon. Verse 18, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. The man realizes that he needs to go back to the source. The man realizes that the pride and the stubbornness have got to take a back seat. The man realizes that unless he goes to the source of life, he's in a mess. The word's really clear. You remember John 15 and verse 6. What is the branch fit for that's away from the vine? It's fit for only one thing. And that's not the position we want to find ourselves in. The man has realized in this moment that if he goes back to the source, well, his prayer is that the source will accept him. And, and then verse, uh, verse 20 it takes me aback because you have to put yourself in the position, put yourself in the story. Listen, it says, but while he was still a long way off, the question is, what is the father doing? What is he doing? While he's still a long way off, the father sees him in the distance and he runs to him. The father's been looking all this time. He has been desperate for you to come back. 
You know the parable, don't you, of the lost sheep? Don't take it in isolation. Take it as the word. And the Lord looks for the one. Because it matters. Because he loves the one. And we can take that that today he loves you. And while we're still a long way off, but our heart's saying, I know I need to do something. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him, filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. He gave him a good beating. <laughs> no, it does not say that. It says he had compassion for him. He ran to him, threw his arms around him and kissed him. He has been desperate for his son to come back. He has been searching for his son. He has been out day after day looking for him, waiting for him to show his head, waiting for him to return. And in that moment, as the young man makes the decision, you know that there's something that shows that the father is desperate to welcome his son back. The father looked at him. The father loved him. The father ran to him. He kissed him and he welcomed him back. You know, we've seen just in this story how the father reacts to the one that should return. And so often in our minds we can go, well, let's just take John 15 verse 6 and say, well, I'm only fit for one thing. The Father doesn't really want me anyway. Might I tell you this today? That is absolute nonsense with respect. Nonsense. Because the truth is that the Father loves you. The truth is that the Father has given his best in the Lord Jesus Christ for you. The truth is the word tells us that he is looking for you. He is waiting for you to realize, to turn around, to run back. And my word, will he greet you? Oh, he absolutely will. He is desperate to be in a relationship with you today. So we don't want to let our minds trick us and say, well, God doesn't want me anyway. What would he do with me? Or we don't want the enemy to say, ah, oh, God doesn't, not you. I mean, he's talking to everybody else. <laughs> not you. No, he means you. Absolutely you. Jesus told this parable for a reason. Maybe it was for you today, all these years later. Maybe it's for you. Perhaps you've run. Perhaps you've squandered life. And now you're in that place where a decision has to be made. Do I continue heading down the route and doing what I'm doing? Or do I make a decision that something has got to give? Something has got to change. The young son made the choice. I would argue the right choice. Verse 17 through 19 give the whole description of what he's doing. He realized that he's sinned. He realized that he's wrong. Isn't that difficult? To realize, one, that you're wrong, and two, to admit it. So tough. But the young man makes the right call. He realizes that he's come away from the source of life. And he realizes that everything that he did have, was because the father had given it to him. 
And he's realised, where is he going to be without him? And the answer is in a mess. The father's response tells us absolutely everything. And as the son confesses his failures and his flaws, the father treats him as the son he is. And he will treat you and me as the son or daughter that we are. He loves you. He is waiting for you to make that decision. Whether you're turning back to him today from a life that seems to have gone off the rails or whether you're turning to him for the first time, he is desperate to have that relationship with you. He loves you and he wants that relationship. He welcomes him back. He feeds him. He supplies his needs. And the son then is back at the life-giving source. Another verse that I'm not going to take out of isolation, but rather we're going to put with what we've seen this morning. Another book, 1 John 1 and verse 9. And we have to understand what the word says. Don't just read over it and think it doesn't apply to you. It, It absolutely does. The word says that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It seems like really big words. The truth is that if I come back to the Lord and say, Lord, I am sorry for the sin in my life. Please come into my heart and change me. My word, I tell you now today, then God will do the rest. He will do the rest. If we are willing to confess our sin, he is faithful, he is just, and he is willing to forgive us for all that we've done wrong and welcome us into the house welcome us into his family as the son or the daughter that we are this is the god we serve let's not forget that let's pray lord we just want to thank you for your word we thank you for the encouragement that it brings to our hearts to know that we are loved Father, the word tells us that while this son who had gone off and squandered all that the father had given to him, while he was still a long way off, the father saw him, the father ran to him, ready to welcome him back with open arms. And Lord, I just pray that your word would indeed settle on hearts today, that that people might realize that they have a heavenly father who loves them. In the midst of so much chaos, we have a steadfast hope. We have an assurance that if we put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, that we will have life and life eternal. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak into hearts today. I thank you for your word. We thank you for all that it means to us as we put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus. And I just pray that your Holy Spirit would move. And that lives would be changed today. Bless us now, Father, as we just continue our worship together. We ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.